Welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, designed to bring out the best in you and your organization. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach on a mission to create a culture where business is the true balance of head and heart. I work with leaders and companies on how to leverage my brand of kindness to gain powerful results. And I'm Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you shift conversations to identify what works and find ways to build on that success with people, planet, and profit in mind. The Doing Good Business Podcast is the place to learn about transformational leadership qualities and purpose-driven business practices that are essential to success in today's modern market. You can make the world a better place through business, and the business case for that starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. Happy May. Um, happy spring, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Uh, by looking out the window, it <laughs> does appear to be that we have crossed over into spring, but who really knows at this point? Um, I hope you're still moderately sane. Kelly and I are really kind of on the edge, so good luck with us today. <laughs> we hope you enjoy. Um, but we are diving Absolutely. into the topic as we do every single month, and our topic for the month of May is sustainability. And sustainability, obviously, as it relates to business practices, as it relates to leadership, if you're scratching your head on that, don't worry, I'm going to help you out later. But also sustainability is something that is really present and really relevant right now as we think about everything from how do I sustain my family on the limited groceries I can buy to what's happening to the environment from all of us staying home to, you know, how do I stay as sane as I can and sustain my mm-hmm. my mental health while we're at home? Happiness, um, right, exactly. Yeah, happiness, um, exactly. You know, physical fitness, all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're super, yep. super excited. And we have a special treat this month. We're getting kind of frisky. And we're releasing our second episode on May 13th, which is a Wednesday. And Kelly, why the heck are we doing that? Because that is National Sleep Day. And why and does that matter our, when we're talking about sustainability? Be, <laughs> because our guest is Colin McIntosh, and he is the CEO of a company that makes bed sheets from eucalyptus. And get this, the company's name is Sheets and Giggles. So Which we cannot best. wait for you to hear how how Colin um, thinks about all of this and his thoughts on sustainability. So tune in for that episode as well. As Laura said, Wednesday, May 13th, not a Monday this time. Yeah. So get some good sleep the night before, wake up bright and early and <laughs> listen to uh, episode number, oh my gosh, what will that be? Episode number 54 with Colin McIntosh on Wednesday, May 13th. Um, but for now, we're going to talk about sustainability. And Kelly, I'm really curious when you think about sustainability and you take your macro lens on things and, and maybe mm-hmm. you give yourself the additional benefit of thinking about, you know, right now and, and everything that the planet is going through. What do you, you know, what comes to you when you think about sustainability? What does sustainability mean to you in the business world? It, this, it's always had a very broad definition for me. And and I say always, you know, within the, the last 10 years, it's had a very broad definition for me. And I think that what we're going through now um, with this kind of global pandemic, it is highlighting it even more and it's really bringing it home for a lot of people. So sustainability to me is a, a business, an organization with a minimal negative impact or better yet, potentially a positive impact, effect on the global or local, ready, environment, that's what we all think about, community, society, or economy. So it's really a business that strives to meet this triple bottom line that you and I talk about a lot, people, planet, and profit. So it's much broader than, than certainly when I was 
when I was a little girl, <laughs> back in the relative dark ages before the internet, um, you know, I remember when, when Earth Day became a thing and it was, we thought very much of the planet as we should, but it is like many things. It's not a but statement. It's the planet and right. It's the planet mm-hmm. and people. So that's the way I think about it. And of course it's packed with opportunity for businesses because this is about reinvention, mm-hmm. right? It's about taking what we do now, not leaving any one co- you know, group of individuals or industries behind, but helping them progress toward something that's better for all of us and the planet that we all occupy together. So you had said it doesn't did that answer your question. It did. It did. And I'm actually going <laughs> to ask you just in case the listeners are hearing what I just heard. So you had said it doesn't just impact the part of your last sentence I missed out on. Would you be able to, uh, to share that again? Sure. That there's lots of opportunities um, for, to help people, right. And again, global people on the planet okay. that we all share together. I love that. I love that. And I do think that one of the things, if I do put my Kelly Stewart of the positive business um, hat on, I think about all of the positive things that are happening when it comes to sustainability as a result of, you know, this terrible thing and in no way minimizing the awfulness of the pandemic that's going on. And at the same time, there are things happening like, you know, less pollution in the water and in the air. And there are people that are just coming together to help sustain each other. I mean, I have a neighbor Mm -hmm. two doors down who's making masks and I'm mailing them out to people that I know that need them. You know, people that, you know, Alice, um, Mary Allen's stuff of Alice mm. Alexander Co., mm-hmm. you know, converted her manufacturing operations for a while to be making masks in the Philadelphia area. You know, companies that are really doing things to sustain from that human level. And I, like, that's a really wonderful thing that is very important for us to all see and recognize and acknowledge it's happening right now. Absolutely. And you're right. That is the, the absolute focus of what I do, right? We look at what we don't want and we flip it to what do we want and mm-hmm. then we start to see possibilities. And mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, I don't think that there would be an organization out there that said, we want a cleaner planet and we want to be able to come together and support more people differently. Hey, number one item on our plan, why don't we just lock down the country? Right? No <laughs> one would say that, yeah. right? Yeah. Or the exactly. world, right? So Think about how easy the rest of this is going to be because mm-hmm. it won't involve locking this down. But when you are proactive about mm-hmm. doing these things, then that's when the real possibilities start to emerge. And, you know, Laura, there's no shortage of issues, right? So we could talk about planet issues like climate change, plastic pollution, the lack of biodiversity. And I do want to share with everyone, we'll put it in the show notes. There was a great article, um, and I just want to quote one part of that, which is what's happening with our biodiversity and why it should matter to us, because their analogy is we're literally burning the library of life as we lose insects. So if you think of of our biodiversity as a reference library for all that is on the world, right? So that's really powerful. We have people issues, poverty, um, health, education, equality. So all, and the pandemic is really helping to expose these very large, complex, systemic issues that mm-hmm. we need to look at. And then um, that's where the possibility starts to come into. And a lot of these things were happening before the pandemic, but certainly what's happening now is we're seeing um, 
new needs, new mm-hmm. expectations. Things are mm-hmm. surfacing that we didn't really bring into focus before, along with the things that we knew were problems. Now the the, the universal spotlight is yeah. on those things right now. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. I love it. So something you had said a little bit earlier, you know, in in your work, you help businesses look at the things that they don't want and flip them around to the things that they do want. And I, you know, one of the reasons that you and I click the way that we do is because that's exactly on a personal level, what I am doing with an individual, right? So if you're mm-hmm. a leader and you have something that you don't like, that's either happening in your organization or is happening in your personal leadership, like let's flip that around and let's shift that into something that you do want to do. And one of those things, and the way I approach sustainability this month is thinking about energy. So uh, okay. when, when tell, I look tell me at about the that. definition, yeah, so I actually looked up sustainable energy. And of course, it wasn't talking about, you know, human energy. But the definition from Wikipedia of sustainable energy is the practice of using energy in a way that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. So we think about that in the context of solar energy, which helps us not deplete um crude oil and we think about wind energy for the same reason and we think about electric cars you know all of those things that are sustainable energy sources but when i think about that for a person i think about my friend my friend jen pavich and i'll link to a great article she wrote she talks about roe instead of roi so we all think about return on investment what about return on energy you know how do you as an individual first of all sustain your energy but also make sure that where you're investing you get a return So what does that look like? That looks like really being able to understand, you know, what's foundational to your energy. Things like sleep, you know, National Sleep Mm -hmm. Day is coming up May 13th. Things Mm -hmm. like movement, you know, Kelly, you had shared that you had an injury, but your daughter was still able to get you some exercises that helped you still be able to move your body, even though you have, you know, a foot injury. Things like, you know, the foods that we're putting in and food sources in a lot of places are limited right now. So how do we stretch it further? But what is it that you can do? As a human, especially right now, when all of our energy is very different than it would be if we were not going through a global pandemic, how do you make your energy sustainable? And I think, you know, for me in this episode, that's the big takeaway that I hope people to think about. You know, what do you do as a person, whether it's professionally, right. whether you're a leader, whether you're self-employed, whether you're unemployed, whether, you know, you're any space in between, how do you think about your energy from a perspective of sustainability? And what does that look like in really small aspects of your life? How much water do you need to drink? How do you need to move your body? How much sleep do you need to get? Who do you need to connect with? Who do you maybe need to take a break from? What do you need to consume as far as TV and internet and radio and books and all of that kind of stuff? So I love thinking about energetic sustainability at the human level because you know, as, as we say all the time, you can't change the global without changing the personal, right? And it doesn't get much right. more personal than looking at the own sustainable nature of your personal energy. Mm-hmm. Like what you're hearing on the Doing Good Business podcast? Then you'll love working with Laura or Kelly. Visit doinggoodbusiness.com forward slash the host to learn about them and how their services can help you do good business. And you can't thrive if you don't first survive. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Massive just a, another way of looking at that. And and I think that that is so important. And as you were talking about it, I, you know, it is, it's also interrelated and interconnected. So we have biodiversity, but we, we already know we have people diversity. We've talked mm-hmm. about it before here. We'll talk about it again, because that's all different 
for individuals. And I keep thinking about, you know, the hashtags that we're seeing, you know, all in this together. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Yet we are all having individual experiences. Yep. Right. Exactly. So there is no one size that fits all, I would guess. You could tell nope. us, you know, but just to define what is that for me. And and I think if you take that personal side of this and then apply that, right? It's hard for people in other areas of the the world or the country or your own state to mm-hmm. really get into well, why do you need that? Why is that important to you? Well, because we're in an agricultural area or we're in an urban area, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. like, so it's very hard to make these sweeping statements of this is what it is and this is what you have to do. I think it has to be things that are done at the local level, very mm-hmm. much at the local level, then at the state level. And you're taking it even one way deeper to say at the personal level, right? And I just think that that's almost poetic in the way, you know, the personal, um, almost mimics, right, what Mm -hmm. we see in the larger planet. No, and I agree. And it's interesting. So my, you know, like, I'm kind of in for, um, like, human psychology and and trends. And I always joke that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe in my next career, I'll be a social scientist, and I'll go out and do, you know, research that basically just means I get to talk to people for a living. Um, Okay, so another strange way that we're similar. Perfect. We're going to be a social scientist research team. I am in for that career, Kelly. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But in looking at just the past, you know, let's just say the past like six or so weeks of this pandemic situation, there have been global trends that have mirrored. And when I say global, I mean, you know, largely U.S. based, but just in seeing what people are talking about and how people are feeling. So I think in the first week, you know, what was true for me was true at a very large way, which is that everybody was just kind of like shocked. It felt a little surreal. Many people were scrambling to figure out how to home shore their teams and how to, you know, get people safe and all that kind of stuff. And then the second week, everybody was trying to get used to it and nobody knew what their kids were going to do. And there was a little bit Mm -hmm. of confusion and the internet was, you know, freaking out because everybody was using (laughs) it all the time. And then the third week, I saw this real shift into the overscheduling came back and people's commute times was now being used for four additional meetings in the beginning and the end of each day. And everybody's getting, you know, Zoom Zoom fatigue, not we love our Zoom products and our Zoom partner, but you know, we love, but video fatigue, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having to look at a screen all day and and only see people in that 2D way. I mean, I noticed for myself, I bought blue blocking glasses because I was just so mm-hmm. fatigued by it. And it wasn't sustainable for me to stare at a screen all day without helping something. You know, you and I, Kelly, are usually right. out and about and meeting with people and, you know, having lunches and doing talks and things like that. And to go to, you know, just looking at a computer for six, eight, 10 hours a day, it had a real impact. And I recognized mm-hmm. that that wasn't going to be sustainable. You know, we're not we're not getting out of the house in two weeks. So it had, I had to come up with a sustainable solution, but seeing those global trends and really noticing, yeah, I'm experiencing the same things personally. There's such a connection between the micro and the macro. And you're exactly right. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to look at sustainability, start local. And if you, you know, can't start local, then you need to look at the personal because if you, just like you said, you can't thrive if you're only surviving. So let us exactly you know, be the inspiration I mean, yeah. to help you thrive a little bit, even right now, by looking at your sustainability and what you can do to support that. You bring up a great point, and um, I think already that people are referring to this as the Great Pause, right? So we've mm-hmm. had the Great Recession, right? So this is the Great Pause, 
And this is a wonderful time to take a step back. When you think about it, nature sheds what what no longer serves it every year, yeah. right? We see yeah. trees lose their leaves and in the spring they come back. So this can be very much a time to take that step back, as you're saying, right? Figure out what serves you, what do you need, so that when you come forward with this, you can kind of rebound. And I know people mm-hmm. think resiliency is a lot about only bouncing back from adverse effects. It is. And it's about bouncing forward in times mm-hmm. of progress. Mm-hmm. So we're getting this, again, giant spotlight shining on large, complex systems, right, that really need improvement, maybe need out-and-out innovation. And when you think about sustainability in this broader context, then, of environmental, community, society, economy, every, every company has a stake in this. Every mm-hmm. company can become more sustainable in some way, shape, or form. And again, I'll put in the the um, show notes a link to the UN has these sustainable uh, development goals that are already a couple of years old. But this is where they're trying to create that momentum to transform our world into a place where we can live, where we can live, and where we want to live. So they've got mm. no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender education, clean water and sanitation. I mean, it goes on and on. And sustainable cities and communities, life below water, life on land. Wow. Right? So it's definitely worthwhile for people in business to be thinking about these things because the market of tomorrow is happening today. This is a reshaping um, and it's time for reinvention. And I think that there, we talk about it all the time, so many great opportunities. We see it with other companies, um, agriculture. For a while now, um, there's been a move towards regenerative agriculture, Hmm. which is new methods of production that, you know, can where you can grow, farmers can grow food and raise cattle mm-hmm. without, you know, cons- you know, putting all this carbon out into the air. And then that, the way they're doing it makes the soil richer and helps to tackle climate change at the same time. Great. Why well, are they doing it, right? Because it turns out like companies like Impossible and Beyond Meat are helping traditional food companies like Burger King grow their bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. And with dramatically smaller footprints than, you know, traditional ways that we do this. But again, I'll reiterate something that I, I think I said earlier, because that's, that's part of me being on lockdown. I think I said this earlier. It's not about leaving individuals or whole industries behind, right? It's about transforming in a way that brings everyone right. forward and supports quality life on earth, right? And so it wouldn't be quality if we were just phasing people out, you know, or just shutting them down. So. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are going PSA. to be new businesses that, no, I agree with that. And I love the Burger King example. You know, somebody, so I'll just share a personal story. Whoppers were, Burger King was a fast food place we went to when I was a kid. And my grandmother loved a Whopper. And, you know, when she was dying in the hospital, we smuggled in Whoppers for her Aww. in literally her last days on this planet. And Kelly, as you know, much like yourself, you and I haven't eaten mm-hmm. meat in a number of years. And there was right. always a certain nostalgia for me around a Whopper. And when I had my first Impossible Whopper, it was just right. like the sweetest experience. I mean, I literally ate exactly. it alone in my car in the Burger King parking lot. But it was just a like, oh, right. there was such a there was nostalgic. nostalgia, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and they're making it's a wonderful. more sustainable product, right? Like, exactly. The, you know, no matter what your exactly. ethical feelings on eating meat are, there's no denying the fact that, you know, beef cattle raising in particular I think it's a larger air pollutant than, you know, like the paper industry, the cardboard industry. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of 
environmental mm-hmm. impact. And it's just such, you know, the data on if everybody skipped meat for one day of the week, what it would do to the sustainability of the air and the things like that. It's, it's really, really remarkable. Right. Um, and I do think it's that there's quite new businesses that emerge right now. You know, I'm seeing Absolutely. people that are creating, I just saw somebody today um, that was creating a, a geographically specific website for local online ordering, right? So take a county that mm-hmm. you live in and, you know, survey all the restaurants that are doing, you know, touchless curbside pickup during the pandemic. And boom, you create a website where people can go and get that information at, at their fingertips. So another way that you look at sustainability from a, a bigger, um, from a higher level is just thinking about the ways that industry will be sustainable moving forward. You know, restaurants are sustaining themselves right now through doing touch-free pickup. Um, a lot of small businesses are sustaining themselves by doing more gift card sales. I know somebody locally mm-hmm. that's doing free SEO work for brick and mortar businesses that were negatively impacted so that they can sustain themselves through, you know, selling things online, hopefully. So it's a really, it's kind of fascinating when you think about sustainability, even in a time when everything does seem to be maybe more limited than it is, than it is growing, but there's growth too. Absolutely. And and it makes me think about the episode we did on disruption, right? And yeah. and to think about that, you know, what was the Jerry Seinfeld thing, right? You innovate when you're like, this sucks, right? <laughs> like you, you want something better. And that's what people are striving for. And that is in no way, shape or form um, being insensitive to the hardships that people mm-hmm. are experiencing. That yeah. is happening. And, and we need to acknowledge that and address that. And other things are happening, and this is some of the other things that are happening. There's a restaurant out in California, saw this on the news the other day, and he went around and bought products from his local stores because he knew people were going to be able to come in to pick up food, and he's selling the products from the other stores for those merchants, right? And immediately I thought, well, that's going to transform restaurants, right? And how handy for us that we would be able to walk in and do that. And so I want to continue on your riff there, right? Like there's so much opportunity in this in terms of what products could be created to help reduce contagions. You know, um, there's ultraviolet light, right? So there's UVA, UVB, Mm -hmm. we know that for skin, UVC. Okay, that's super harmful to us, but is that something that could be used in order Mm -hmm. to, you know, minimize these things in the future? Because there will always be something, right? What resources could we provide to parents of preschool students to keep them learning when all that physical stimulus they crave is missing, right? So there's going to be new things for that. I'm, I'm just guessing, I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm just guessing that something called pandemic preparedness or pandemic ready is going to be a Mm. thing. So Mm -hmm. what new products and services are going to come from that? You know, how do we preserve or restore mental wellness for people who have been in lockdown? This is an unknown thing to us, an unknown Mm -hmm. time for us. How do we, you know, respond to those things? So there's a lot. I mean, we're looking at I don't know what everyone's grocery stores look like, but the one store that we've gone to, they have installed um, plexiglass at their mm-hmm. um, at their checkout lines, right? Well, maybe there's a more sustained. I mean, plexiglass is great. Please <laughs> hold your angry mm-hmm. tweets. But, you know, and, and maybe there are other sustainable ways of doing that if that's got to be something that is um, something that we're going to have to use off and on going forward. We don't know mm-hmm. yet, you know, but maybe we will see more of those things. So when you look around, you can see um, the things that are missing and the things that are gone, right? But you mm-hmm. can also see things that 
will help us move forward and become more resilient in the face of fairly large scale challenges and change like this. Yeah. And that's, you know, sustainable energy, right? Like how do we now mm-hmm. take this and, you know, look at it from a very, I don't know, it's a very, a, a perspective of acceptance, Like you know, this is what it is. And, you know, trust me, like I've had all of, <laughs> I've had all the feelings all the time over the past several weeks and that's right, a totally normal right. experience. And I also need to make sure that I'm sustaining my own energy so that I can do things like look for ways to support local businesses, make donations mm-hmm. to local food banks and, you know, charities that are really struggling right now. Like those are, mm-hmm. you know, thinking back to our values episode, like those are values of mine. Right. So I need, and it's cyclical or not cyclical, but it's a, there's a domino effect, right? Like if I don't sustain my energy, then I can't do my work. And if I can't do my work, then I don't have, you know, financial income. And if I don't have that, then I can't help sustain these small businesses right now and support organizations that are struggling right now. And if I can't do that, and then many people can't do that, then, you know, you can just play that tape through as long as you want to. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a link to me with values too in sustainability, both in Absolutely. the personal and in the larger scale. Absolutely. And you, you covered a, a lot of really important points there in terms of what you're doing and and why you're doing them. And I think the same is true for companies, right? Because yes. I love what you said. It felt like everything, all emotions in this last oh, two yeah. weeks. All the so things, if you all don't know where to start and you're in a, an organization, you're in a company, you run a business, you can start by asking yourself, what have you done successfully in the past in response to challenge or change, right? right. Dust out those case studies because mm-hmm. there's something that you've done that's already calling on your organization's specific strengths. And you can use them to say, this is how we're going to refine our products or our services to meet some of the new needs of our stakeholders or additional stakeholders, because maybe you didn't know you could be serving customers, a whole group of customers that now have suddenly become apparent to you. So these are the ways that you can do that. And you don't have to stop everything you're doing and retool, although we do deeply appreciate all of the companies who have done that, you know, but going forward to your point of sustaining the energy to be sustainable, you can start migrating towards some of those things now um, because we're in the great pause and we can, some not, not everyone, but those who can, can take this time to be imagining what that looks like. Lovely. It's a lot. Kelly, how about you? Yeah, no, this has been great. I'll I'll tell you, you know, if um, eight weeks ago you had said to me, this Hmm. is what we would be talking about for our sustainability issue, our episode, (laughs) I would have been like, nah. (laughs) But here we are. Together, you know, so transparently, Kelly and I are recording this in uh, in mid-April when we had planned to have a full day of, you know, doing good business planning and recording and strategizing and all that stuff. And Clearly, we're not. We're in our separate you know, headquarters, Kelly and Delaware and me in Pennsylvania. But this is, you know, how do we make this podcast sustainable? We continue to do things virtually. And we cannot, cannot, cannot wait for you to get to know Colin McIntosh from Sheets and Giggles on the 13th of May. And it's going to be amazing. And, you know, again, our takeaways are to look at your energy and how do you make it more sustainable and look at your business practices. How do you make it more sustainable? Like Kelly just said, what are some things that you've done in previous crises that really were beneficial? You know, go back to those. Look around your community. What needs some some support that your business can offer? If we all spend the next couple of weeks asking ourselves, 
questions, I think we could actually come out of this great pause in a beautiful place. Agreed. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you uh, in nine days. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business. We hope you'll tune in regularly, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and most importantly, tell a friend or a few. It's how we can build the critical mass to make the world a better place through business. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business. Learn how you can work with us at doinggoodbusiness.com slash the hosts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what else you'd like to hear about through our online form on the contact page of doinggoodbusiness.com. We'll see you next time.